Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Andre from the Opinionated Podcast, and I just want to remind you that we are live every Sunday on our Facebook page, and you can find us wherever you stream your music at the Opinionated Podcast. We drop a new episode every Tuesday. So remember to like, share, comment, and don't forget to subscribe. Enjoy the show. Hey, guys. Welcome to the Opinionated Podcast, and we are your host. I'm Cool Kev. Uh, Kevin Durant. And I'm Andre. And we have a special guest today. Yes, we do. Like to introduce yourself, please. Uh, my name is Randy Big Swole Thornton, the former No Limit Soldier. You heard me. Straight from New Orleans, Louisiana. All right. Y'all hear that? Yeah. I love that intro. We got a No Limit Soldier in the building today. Actually, right. a very, very accomplished man. Uh, as we studied up on it, we was like, whoa. Yes, yes. <laughs> For real. Yes. So, so we want to get. How are we going to break? Like, we want to get into your backstory, where you started from, your upbringing, your family, you know, your family upbringing, everything. You mind uh, breaking that down to us, Randy? Yeah, I'm from New Orleans, Louisiana, born and raised, you know, third world hardhead, you heard me? Um, <laughs> I played um, I played football, and um, I was All-American. I was the number one player in the nation coming out in 1984. I was, and I uh, went to University of Houston. I made honors. And um, I signed as a free agent with the Denver Broncos. And I played in the NFL and I played in the CFL. And after my football career was over with, I went to wrestling school, became a professional wrestler. And while I was wrestling in Japan, one of my childhood friends, Percy Miller, who y'all called Master P, gave me a call and told me to come work for him. And I am the original Big Swole, the No Limit Soldier from World Championship Wrestling. And I left No Limit in 2000. And since I left No Limit, I've been a mental health healthcare advocate. And I also uh, do a lot of work with sleep apnea, where I go around and teach you know, people about sleep apnea. And uh, my main goal right now is to use you know, the platform because at the time I was No Limit, you know, we were the number one record label in the world. And we yeah. had millions yeah. of people. So what I do is try to reach out to those millions of people who used to follow up in the hip hop, but also share mental health situations, um, sleep apnea situations, you know, diabetes, you know, all you know, all this because two years ago I had two heart attacks oh, and wow. I had open heart surgery. And um, a lot of people don't know because, you know, they say I'm always smiling, but I'm on a heart transplant list. I'm oh. connected to a machine 24-7. Uh, at night, my wife has to plug me into the wall. And I have a, mach a machine under my shirt that I have to keep on my hip 24-7. But I never let people know because I'm always smiling. And that's because I'm still here. Right. And, um, you know, my, a lot of people think, you know, my biggest accomplishment in life was playing pro football, you know, or joining No Limit. And that is far from true. My biggest compliment is I'm still here. Yes, that's, that's, that's right. That's, that. what, that's what matters. Now, you said you grew up in New Orleans, the third war. We seen in that, in them earlier days, I was, you said around the 80s, you was out there. So that was the height pretty much of when crack came into the neighborhood. Oh, yeah. Oh, hell you, yeah. And you under and how you see it now, how they play 
I'm all, I always speak about this, how the whole epi, uh, was opioid epidemic is how they got yeah. commercials for help mm-hmm. and, and shooting centers and all this stuff like this to get these people help. But back then, I remember as a kid. Yeah, they call it a, yeah, a disease they, now. It's a, yeah, disease, it's a disease, but before but back, yeah, it was an epidemic. Right. Yeah, but when I was a kid, we were supposed to, when crack came out, we were looking down. We had to look down. Right. People, the, people that smoked crack were looked at as bad. Mm-hmm. But I had family that was, you know, that sold drugs and dealt drugs. These yeah. people were people I love. You know, right. they didn't look at that like a sickness. Uh, right. Do you want to speak on that? Because that, well, that... Yeah. Well, in New Orleans, drugs has always been here. You got to remember, we're talking about New Orleans, Louisiana, where rock and roll, jazz. So heron, heron, we call it heron in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been around forever. It's not nothing new. And... Uh, you know, the crack, you know, I know, I mean, it's cracking. Well, let's be honest with you. Crack ain't number cook cocaine. So, <laughs> so yeah, cocaine, right. Right. cocaine has been around for a long time. And you got to remember, uh, people tease me these days and they say, you know, why, why, why crack got so, you know, important? It's because people like Master P made it popular with a song like Make Crack Like This. Well, he oh, taught the world in all the inner city how to make crack cocaine from the start to the beginning. And I tell people all the time, you know, it, it's just, it is what it is, you know? Sorry. Yeah, because, you know, and it was, it was this whole stigmatism in the black community. They don't understand, like, I grew up in me, well, both of our, all of our hosts, we all grew up in that stuff. And they don't understand yeah. The stress it was day by day, going to the park, hanging out with your friends, always having to look over your shoulder, seeing what's going down, and the stress, the stress it put on us in them early eighties and nineties. Mm-hmm. The stress a kid had to go through back then. It was like, see, I'm all, I mean, what was that with our life? That was regular for us. I mean, yeah. brother, you know, living in the Magnolia, you know, we look, you know, I come from the Lafitte Project, but you know, the other guys are from the Calio Magnolia. Iverville desired, that's all we had was drug dealers. Even in the 60s, you know, my uncles were drug dealers. Both of my mama brothers, two of them were, you know, heroin dealers. So, you know, you know, when crack and cocaine came along, it was just a part of, our, part of the neighborhood. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, and, and it was just crazy. It was just like, but now how they try to play, you know, back then they played it like we were these super villains, but now they try to paint, they don't even paint that picture now, I'm guessing because it's a, de- a different you know demographic. Yeah. You know why? It affected because, a different color. Because it's white more drug addicts than black drug addicts. That's why. Yep. Because yep. let me tell you right now, you can call crack cocaine what you want. It's still it's still, it's still cocaine. Yeah. Okay? You can call it, a, a black man, a white man can get caught with cocaine and do five, six years in prison. A black brother that caught with crack, he doing 40 fucking years, 30 years for the same shit. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's a color barrier thing. You know, if you want, when we, when I hear people talk about inner cities, you want to see a real um, drug, um, drug-affected neighborhood? Go to West Virginia around the white folks and you really see how bad drugs is. In the hood, we living good. Go to West Virginia, but I'm going Donald Trump crack-ass people in West Virginia, and you really see drug addicts. 
it was different. So moving on from that, you said you went to the University of Houston. Was you there? What was it? The five slammer jam? <laughs> was you there at that time or was you there at the you was there at that era? That was uh who was on it was Hakeem Olajuwon. Hakeem Olajuwon, uh, Clyde Drexler. Ooh. Oh, my God. Uh, Michael Young. Um, but we also had people, you know, um, Carl, Carl Lewis went to University of Houston. Leroy okay. Burrell. Um, we had a lot of, we had a lot of, a lot of, but, you know, Five Slammer Jammer, you know, go cool. <laughs> and, and let me tell y'all something right now because I know you're going to ask me. Okay. Because Master P always telling people he played basketball at the University of Houston. No, he didn't. Oh, no. Really? Uh oh. No. He didn't he tried to he tried to walk on and he didn't make the team. So and, and, and I read all the time, oh Master P played for the University of Houston. He was all American at the University of Houston. Well where the fuck I was at? Because I was at University of Houston. <laughs> <laughs> and people get mad at me for saying this. Seriously, they get mad at me. But I'm not going lie for nobody. You might be my boy, and my friend, but I'm not gonna lie for you. You know? Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's all you gotta. That's all you gotta punch in. Randy Thornton, University of Houston. All my stuff gonna come up. Pictures, everything. Yeah, we we see it. We see it. Name, you ain't gonna find shit. <laughs> Yeah, because he did. He did say in his documentaries that he played for Houston. But I thought know, so. Yeah, I thought so also. No. I, this is this is news to us. Yeah. No, no, he, no. He, we went to U of H at the same time. As a matter of fact, okay. he used to him. I don't know a guy named B ninety from No Limit, Versi Carter, um, and and um, Earl, and um, we all from we all from New Orleans, and B ninety and Master P was best friends. And um, he tried to walk on at the University of Houston because at the University of Houston, I was the shit. Okay, oh, I was I was the man on campus. And um, no, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no. <laughs> just, you know, I got to argument the other day with a guy when he was playing basketball in the NBA. I took care of the brother. Okay. I fed him. I made sure I brought him to practice. I was just training everything. I got people telling me right now that he played professional basketball. He played preseason, but he didn't yeah. make the roster. Yeah, he he, he 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 said he explained that right? he he made he played for the Toronto Raptors in preseason, but he explained that they didn't give him a contract because he was in between of the no limit. Uh, the yeah. No Limit movement. That was a whole thing. The music. Yeah. They oh, my goodness. Get, oh, he about to give us the dirt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> I don't he about know. to give us the dirt. I don't know how much. He don't like it. Look. <laughs> it's stressing him out just hearing some BS. But that's what we that's what we were told from his side, that he had a choice to either play basketball and give up No Limit, <laughs> but he decided to keep No Limit over basketball. <laughs> let's talk about something else, man. Okay. Come on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. People really get mad at me when I tell them the truth. Because oh, nah, how can you make a basketball team and you average 1.9 points a fucking game? 
Hey, listen, it ain't it ain't no hate here. We only look, we only dip. Listen, we let people tell what they gotta tell their story, especially yeah. people who was there. I wasn't there, so I'm not gonna judge you for it. And let, let me tell you something, and I, I'm gonna get this straight. Mm-hmm. I love No Limit. Okay, right. Uh, do I like Master P? No, we don't get along. We're not friends. We're not associates. We haven't talked in 20 years. When I had my two heart attacks. Nobody from No Limit called my house. Nobody from No Limit called my family. Made sure we need bread, water, or anything. And I accept that, who, what it is. I've moved on with my life. Just like yeah. they moved on with their lives. I have no hate towards the brother. I got no hate towards No Limit. But I'm going to tell you one fucking thing. I'm not going to lie. And you yeah. know, if you ask me a question, I'm going to tell you the truth. Now, I've had people tell me, oh, oh no, no, no. you can't tell me something. You know, wow. did I, you know, I've been there. I, I was there. You know, yeah. I was there with Snoop Dogg. I, I, we ain't got Snoop Dogg from Death Row. I was there when the Death Row brothers tried to jump Snoop, you know, at the concert. You know, I was there when he played NBA. I was there for all these stuff. And people, they hate me for telling the truth. So I just stopped telling people stories. Because, you know, because they said, oh, you hate me. You would never stop telling your story. See, that's 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 your story to tell. You know, your story. Here's the biggest thing why I get pissed off about the whole haters thing. Motherfuckers ain't hating if they telling the truth. A hater is somebody who's trying to stop Thank you, you right. from becoming successful. Yeah, somebody's just speaking. They telling the truth or speaking their truth is that's it's not exactly a that. It's that's exactly, exactly that. what it is. Yeah. That's why I don't do that whole hater shit. When a motherfucker got to say you a I, hater, they got no better line to come they, back at you for fucking exposing. That's them. it. Because they hate to hear the truth. They yeah. They hate to hear it. Yeah. Well, so I, I'm not. See, I'm you, not know, you know, so that's like a lot of people. They always ask me why Cash Money and No Limit didn't like each other. That's not true. No. <laughs> we had no beef for Cash Money. This like, you know, Soldier Slim. Was best friends with Juvenile. He was best friends with BG. Uh, you know, I mean, Cain and Abel, C Murder, all them guys got along. The problem was, you know, P and Birdman to get along. Fuck those two niggas. We didn't give a shit about them anyway. They didn't get along. You know, the other cliques, we hung out with each other. We had no beef. It's a it's a lot of knowledge and truth getting dropped right now. I ain't like I said, we ain't we ain't the ones we don't do that that old bullshit. You know what I'm saying? So let's we want to we're gonna keep this story pushing along. Now your NFL career, we see that you played for the Denver Broncos. What was that? Eighty eight to nineteen ninety. Yeah, yeah. So you was there, I guess, in a John Elway. Who was there? John Elway. Uh, John Elway was there. Shannon Sharp. No, he, no, 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 he, no. That was too no, early. I mean, that's no, when did Shannon Sharp get drafted? Oh, he was in high school. That was later. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, I, see I, I was there with um, John Elway, Steve Atwater, okay. um, the, the Three Amigos, uh, Carl Mecklenburg, Michael Brooks, Simon Fletcher. We, mm. my, my first, my first year, um, I made. I think no, my second year, I made the team. We played. Our first game was a Monday night against San Francisco 49ers. And, man, I was having a great game. I was balling. And, man, the first game of the year, Monday night football, all my homies, all my niggas in the hood watching, my mom and everybody. <laughs> man, the fourth quarter, I run down there, 
on punt team. I jumped over a pile in my career. Damn. I took I took every ligament in my knee. Damn. I mean, it was yeah. It when it I'm gonna tell you something. When they call a cart on you, you ever know when everybody get called a cart, they start crying. I cried. Yes. When they get that, yeah, we're, we're having some on. connection issues because um, we, we hear you, but it's a little broken up. Is everything good with the internet? Do our internet look good? No, internet's good. Mine, mine good? Is good. I, yeah, I'm about to say I hear I'm fine. You hear I'm fine, Kev? Uh, that's yeah, all yeah. That matters. That's all. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Continue. You were saying you when the when the stretcher comes and people cry, you started crying. I'm fucking right, I cried like yeah. a fucking baby. Yeah. Is it is it right then that you kind of, is it is it like a a fear that when when they see the stretcher come that they know that the career is over? You that know what happened. You know something is wrong. Watch any watch any NFL football player get taken off off the court, and you can always you know the head down. Because your life is passing in your head, you know. They, yeah. What, what do I go? What, what, what do I go from here? You know. Do I still? You know. With my situation, you know, I still remember the doctor come telling me, "Randy, you told you need up real, real bad. Do uh, you have any other life skills besides football?" Wow. Yeah. That's how, and that's how the NFL fucking do you. Yeah. yeah. He say that to you in that position. But he's crazy. Telling the truth. I'm about to say, at the same time, he got to be real with you because yeah. can't yeah. set no false expectations. Okay. It took is- me years to get my. Uh, I was the next year I got traded to the New York Giants, and I was playing behind Lawrence Taylor, and um, I asked the New York Giants to release me. I couldn't walk. You know, Damn. I mean, you know, NFL stands for not for long. You know? Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, they and, said and, uh, whatever these brothers can get, get it. Okay. Get as much as you can because um, when the cheering is over, it's over. Because, you know, I got a lot of friends that's driving Mercedes, working three fucking jobs and shit, you know, right. trying to keep that um, keep that image. I don't have no image. Nigga, I, I drive a Ford Explorer that's paid for. My insurance is $98 a month. And if you don't like it, you can kiss my ass. Listen, I ain't mad at you. And you it's crazy that they did you like no, they do players like that because you watch like they're disposable. Yeah, or because you see the whole incident go down with uh the receiver A-B. from the box, A B. You well, let, me tell you, let me tell you something. I'm pissed off at him. Yeah. Right? Because I'm gonna tell you why. People don't know that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offered him two hundred thousand dollars to go into a mental institution. Okay? Yeah. They, the all, fact, they yeah. offered him financial help. Yeah. And he, he rejected it. What he did, and right now, and, and I blame his agent and I blame his manager, they turned mental health into a mockery, like a yeah. joke or something. I don't like that. You see what I'm saying? Because yeah. somebody going to tell me, oh, his ankle was hurting. When that motherfucker's running off the field, jumping up and down, yeah. ankle looked ankle look look fine to me. Yep. <laughs> and see, that right there, I think, was a, a setback that could have helped. If he yes. was a high-profile player like him goes to seek mental health, the NFL would take mental health a lot serious because, like you said, with your injury, it's plenty of guys going through like going through stuff like that that wind up either killing themselves yeah, or bro. not being able to come over this yeah, of this grief. And if, but if the NFL, yeah, but if the NFL had something in there as far as like mental health for players. Mm-hmm. 
they can get to the bottom because as men, we don't like to, especially NFL like to players, as it. tough as y'all are, mm-hmm. tough as these men are, they don't like to talk about it. It's hard to talk to. It's taboo. Yeah. Right. yeah. Well, let me tell you right now, the next time you ever, I want you to do me a favor and you and your fans, the next time you ever see him talk, him, Mike Tyson, or Kanye West, look at their eyes. Because I, your mouth can say whatever you want, but eyes don't lie. Yeah. Look at AD eyes when he talked. That motherfucker crazy. Seriously. He should have been in the mental hospital. Watch his eyes. Because I'm saying, say, now, if you ever been on my Facebook page, I would post pictures of mental health, and I would show, you know, in my height, I used to look like this. You know? And look up in the sky. You can, you can do anything you want to do with this here. But see them eyes? Eyes don't lie, baby. Yeah, I, I, I will give you away every time. And I told my wife one day when AD was talking, I said, babe, that brother got problems. Just like Kanye West. When his mama died, that brother oh, yeah. got problems. Yeah. You see? You know, because my, my thing with mental health is that I, I'm trying to get away from that stigma of, you know, because everybody, nobody wants that label with their name. Oh, that case are yeah. crazy. Uh, look at that fool. The reason why I could talk about it because motherfuckers call me crazy any damn way. So I don't care. So <laughs> got you. I'm already labeled nut. I've been crazy all my, my whole life, and I try to tell these young guys all the time. People say, "Oh man, I looked up to your record. You never been to jail. You never been to prison. Blah blah blah." But yeah, but I'm the motherfucker that'll kill your fucking ass. I'm the mm. play with because guess what? Bad boys moving silent. Okay, you, you y'all from the hood. The, the, the most the most dangerous niggas in the hood are the ones that don't talk. Right, yeah, I, I got it. I've been. I got a couple yeah. of family Pop members like right that. On. I'm like, yeah, don't the, mess the with him. He's quiet, yeah. but it's the reason he's quiet. Yeah, you see the ones that sit back and just watching. Yeah, I, listen, I know. We know. You yeah. see. Yeah. You see. You you see the Lead big guy, along. the guy that's running his mouth. Like, yo, that ain't the one. You see that one that's just sitting there. That hasn't said a word. Leave alone. That's what been plotting. Waiting for been to go. Yeah, waiting for the movement to go down so yeah. he can react. That's who you're looking out for. This guy that's screaming, he ain't nothing. And see, yeah. and see I, like the, I used to like the fight, you know, because I boxed. I did martial arts, you know. Uh, you know, I, you know I, I used to like the fight. But see, I'm that kind of person. Let me. I told my wife one day, I'm so surprised I'm not in prison. Seriously, because I'm that kind of person. I'm very laid back. I'm very quiet. But if me and you fight, I don't want to just fight you. I want to hurt you mm-hmm. because I don't want you to come back on me. You see what I'm saying? Uh-huh. I'm, breaking, I'm breaking both of your legs. I'm going to try to break your neck or something. I'm not going to give you the opportunity to come back. But see, but let me tell you what this ties into. This ties into my mental illness. I seen my first psychiatrist. When I was in the ten, when I was in the sixth grade, so I've been dealing with mental issues my whole life, and um, my into my mental issues is the reason why um, the, the the Ravens told me they was going to draft me in the second round out of college, and I wanted to become a free agent because NFL teams found out about my mental health. Damn! Wow. And, and can I ask, because I, I definitely want to get more into that, what what prompted that first trip to uh, to see to seek help? Well, when I was a little <laughs> when I was a little boy, 
I used to be watching TV, right? And I start flipping. <laughs> I just start doing cartwheels. Oh, like physically flipping. Yeah. And I just be sitting there and I start flipping. So uh, my mom brought me to a psychiatrist. Okay. I was about to say, my nieces do yeah, the same thing. what's wrong thing. with this boy? He just start flipping. Yeah, my nieces do the same thing. They'll be watching TV, flipping. Yeah. I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah. And I just walk into the next room. Yeah, you just look at it as kids being kids. Kids being kids, yeah. yeah. <laughs> my, my mama brought me to a psychiatrist. And I never forget the woman was charging us. This is 1970s, you know. And uh, she was charging my mama $25 an hour. You know, my mom was in nursing school. And so my mama told me, look, we're going to go there. We're going to do what you got to do. We're going to get the hell out of here. $25 an hour. So I go in there, and I never forget the doctor asked me. She says, she said, Randy, what goes in your brain? You know, and I never forget, I told her. I said, I have a monster living in my head. And she's like, what? I said, I have a monster in my head. And um, I never forget my mama cried, and she cried, and she cried. And the psychiatrist said, you know what? We need to start putting him into activities, football, baseball, basketball, boxing, you know, something that can mentally tie him out. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. To start making him tired. And that's how I got involved in sports. But, uh, you know, the name of my children's book that's coming out, I have two children's books that's coming out dealing with adolescents and mental health issues because mental health issues in adolescents are 65%. And this is my story, and the name of the book is called A Monster in My Head. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, it came back around. Okay. Check out for yeah. that. Yes. Yeah, kids get, can, that can... story for inspiration. Right. Kids that can relate. So Absolutely. So you saying, like you saying as a child, I'm guessing that activities were kept, you know, them activities. Yes. That's why I'm guessing you You said you, you, you played football and then you hurt your knee. I'm guessing that's what led in you to say, let, let me take up wrestling to keep... Mm-hmm. Keep put, keep this monster at bay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Because because it, see see my heaven. See, I'm small right now. I'm small, you know. Yeah. But before I had my heart attack, I was big, swollen. I was 290 pounds. Almost. This muscles, you know. Um, I used to. Um, I was bench pressing 600. You know, 600. You know? And uh, but that was an everyday. So. Working out was my heaven because it gave me therapy. You know, I can right. go to I can go to a gym, you know, with, with a hood over my head, and nobody in the gym would fuck with me. Nobody, I didn't talk to nobody. I, you know, I didn't, I didn't talk about your wife, your girlfriend, none of that. Don't ask me for no fucking spot. None of that. <laughs> don't, don't bother me. And it was my heaven. Right. But but this is something too. Um, when I was at the University of Houston. Before my senior year, that monster came back in my head. Really? And um, I don't know what happened. I guess, you know, they were just putting so much pressure on me my senior year, you know. Yeah. And, man, I would sit in rooms and cry. Um, wow. You know, I would isolate myself from my friends. I wasn't eating. In the first game of the year, i never forget, I went to my coach, his name was Jack Party, and I told, I said, Coach, Something's wrong with me. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm not here. You know, something's wrong with me mentally. Instead of the University of Houston help me, they bench me. Of course. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. So See, I got benched. So I was benched for full, full five games 
in your senior season? Yeah. Oh wow, that's crazy. And that's and, a, I, came and, that's back, and I came back in the middle of the season and had the best season of my life. But what happened was when I was with the Denver Broncos, there's a coach by the name of Mike Nolan. He's a very famous coach in the NFL. Right. But his first job was to teach me how to play linebacker. But I was a corner and safety in college. And I'll never forget, we had a day, and he was driving me. He said, Randy, I want to show you something. So he brought me to the war room. He said, see your name? I said, yeah. He said, read it. He, aggressive. Loved to hit. Fast. Strong. Smart. And I got to that last word. Uncoachable. He said Jack Party called every NFL team and told them you had mental issues, that you was uncoachable. So and, how did they justify your mental – I don't want to – how can they justify your mental disability with you being uncoachable? Like I, well, you have to remember, too, you're talking about 19 – you're talking about 1987, yeah. 1988. Mm-hmm. Mental, health mental health was not even talked about. Yeah. You know? It was – you know, I just, I hated the University of Houston so much for not helping me. I, I, I hated the University of Houston. I just started communicating back with them two, three months ago. Uh-huh. They called me, the Alumni Association, they apologized. They're like, Randy, look, you know, we want you, people like Simon Fletcher, to come back to university, you know. And I forgave them, you know, because part of, that's, that's part of my healing, you know. Uh-huh. Is to, is to forgive because, you know, a lot of people didn't know. A lot of people didn't know, you know, two, you know, two days before my first game, you know, I tried to kill myself. I had a, I was sitting in the dorm room with a gun in my mouth until Damn. one of my teammates walked in, you know. And um, that and that's just my whole purpose. And I use this platform for No Limit with the No Limit Soldier. I want people not to be, you know, don't be ashamed to get help. You know, if you know, if you know somebody got mental problems, come on. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I, yes. You know, don't, don't be afraid to get help. And I want to get that stigma away from, you know, especially the black community. You know, oh, man, you'd be amazed how many emails and messages I get. Oh, Swole, thank you for talking about mental health. Man, I couldn't do it. Man, you're brave. I'm not brave. I'm just not scared to talk about it. Right. You know, and, and and that's our problem. I I have a friend of mine right now who uh, he he met this girl, and I told him it's crazy. <laughs> Leave her alone. All right. Okay. okay. Guess what? She bust all the windows out of his car. Mm. Bust all the windows out of his house. And I told you, I said, "Well, I told you that girl was a nutcase." And he said, "Man, I seen it." I seen it. Oh yeah, but 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 yeah. Okay. She ain't act. Yeah. That's what my mom used to say. She she would she would tell me if a if a girl was crazy, she thought a girl was crazy, and I'd be like, "How you know?" And my mom would say, "Boy, crazy, no crazy." <laughs> <laughs> it's a universal fact. <laughs> crazy, no crazy. Yeah, universal so, fact. So we're gonna keep moving this along. We seen you was a wrestler at at W. WCW. WCW. Yeah. That world is another also crazy world. You see, you hear from wrestlers all the time. Certain wrestlers could kill themselves, yeah. be involved in all kinds of crazy stuff. Like, how hard was it 
dealing with your mental issues, navigating that world in professional wrestling? Well, I started out in AWA. Okay. And, you know, some of y'all are too young, but y'all don't remember the AWA with Vern Gagne. I was about to say, I remember, but I was a baby. He was a baby. I was a baby. <laughs> we, yeah, we, so I, I started out with AWA, then I went to New Japan, then I got a phone call. I used to work for New Japan Pro Wrestling, and I was living overseas. Then I got a call to go play in a, in Canada. Then I came back, you know, to work for No Limit. But um, let me let me tell you right now, I don't like Andre the Giant. He was a racist, and Ooh. you know, uh, read the story about him and Bad News Brown when Bad News Brown told the bus driver in Japan pull the bus over so he can whip Andre the Giant's ass, and Andre wow. Giant. Refused to get his seven foot ass off that bus. Everybody want the peanut. You was there for that. <laughs> and I don't like I don't like Ric Flair. I can't Ooh, stand the nature because movement. when we was at the No Limits, when we was at WCW, he said some things that I didn't like. You know why? You know why these hip hop? You know why these hip hop? in, you know, oh y'all kind of crazy shit. But now you know they got him on. You know. With the Migos yeah. and stuff. Yep, yeah. they don't even man, know. Man, man, fuck you with your old bad field ass. And, <laughs> and uh, I cannot, I will not, I would never like Hulk Hogan. He is the most prejudiced motherfucker Terrible. that I've probably ever seen. But, he, but that's been exposed already. I heard yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. That's Nobody funny. likes him. Nobody. And I mean, he walked around like he was prima donna. Like his shit didn't stink, you know. Uh, you know, and let me tell you something. I've lost. And when you get into the wrestling, let me tell you how I got into wrestling. Y'all gonna laugh like this. There was a guy by the name of Big Cat Ernie Ladd. Y'all remember him, right? Cat. Big Cadillac. Big Cat Ernie Ladd. Big, didn't he? I think I heard that name. That at the Google machine right now. Yeah, he bought the Google. Yeah, the Google machine. <laughs> Big Cat Ernie Ladd was the man back in the day. And um, I was in Houston, and I was at Fritchie's Fried Chicken. And this was my second year in the pros. Boy, you're a pretty nigga. Boy, boy, you're a pretty mm-hmm. nigga. You're, boy, you're a pretty nigga. You ever thought about getting to wrestling? I said, yes, sir. I said, but I don't know how. He said, uh, you playing ball, huh? I said, yes, sir. He said, well, when, you, when your wrestling career is over, here's a number to call. So he gave me his number. And so my career is over. I went to the school called All-American Wrestling. Um, and my, my coach was Brad Riggins. And people, you know Brad Riggins because he trained Animal Hawk. He trained um, Legion of Doom. The, demolition, the Demolition Team, the Steiners. I remember the Steiners. Wow, yeah. I mean, yeah. I went to, Goodness you know, gracious. You know, he went, I mean, uh, Kurt Hennings, Jesse Zinter, you know, the last guy he ever trained was Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar uh-huh. was the last person. And so I went to his wrestling school and man, and man, Big Cat told me something that I never forget. He said, "Don't ever become a jobber. A jobber is someone that makes other people look good." Okay. Oh, my okay. Friend, my first two, you know, got this big old muscle-bound black boy. You know, you whipping this white boy ass. You missed a punch. You slip. He kicks you, and he wins the match. <laughs> Damn. You know. And that happened a lot. So, That's a roll. yeah. So one day, 
uh, I, you know, I got a phone. In my first two matches, I was jobbers. So when I got that third phone call, I said, man, I quit. He's like, what? Can't do it. You know, I went overseas. I put Hashimoto over. You know, he was a real good friend. I trained with him. The mm-hmm. very first match, I put a guy by the name of Frank Anderson, who is my best, best friend from Sweden. He's like the Arnold Schwarzenegger of Sweden. I put him over because he's my best, best friend. But that third time, I was like, no. And I just, and I walked away. And, um, you know. Wow. You know, until we joined the limit. Man. Shit, that's what I'm saying, because a lot, a lot of, of people don't understand how how much goes into that wrestling world. I've been oh. watching. Yeah. He's, a, me and Kev, me and my other partner, we big wrestling. Yeah. That's what we've seen. He was a part of WCW. We it's, seen a, it's the worst industry in the world, because because. Football, you have an off season. Basketball, you have an off season. Wrestling, and wrestling all year round. All season. Yeah. Wrestling, let me tell you something. Take off when you get injured. The reason why <laughs> I became a, um, a sleep apnea expert is because there's a picture, and you have to remember when we came out with the No Limit Soldiers, we were popping. You know, yeah. we came out, Ray Mysterio, Conan, me, you know, and there's a picture of me. Brad Armstrong, his brother is Jesse James. His brother, okay. Brad Armstrong, and the guy by the name Chase Tatum, and yeah. all three of us are standing in his, in his picture, and I'm the only one still alive. Oh and it, you know, that picture haunts me. That's it's crazy. also a picture with the West Texas redneck, with Bobby Duncan, his brother, you know, Kurt Henning, and, um, and, and, uh, and the women brothers. And out of four of them, only two of them still living. You know, so I start losing friends in wrestling from heart disease, sleep apnea, drug abuse, you know, this and that. You'd be amazed. I'm going to you, you'd be amazed how many bodybuilders and professional wrestlers are dying at a high number of rates, seriously. And you um, have to remember, um, right now, I'm so proud of wrestling because they, 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 you know, you got you got black champions. You got you know, you got these black brothers, these street dudes. You know, that's wrestling. They're doing good. You got this little girl with the long ponytail. She's doing good. You know, they're taking wrestling to another level, and I'm right. proud of them. But I just don't fuck with wrestling. Yeah, it seems like wrestling is starting to take notice of how they're losing their wrestlers, so they're taking better care of them. Mm-hmm. Getting a better treatment, better, you know, mental health treatment also. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, being on the road 360 days a year, yeah, that's got to do, that has to do yeah. something to you. Like, yeah. I'm not seeing my family. I'm not mm-hmm. resting. It's, I'm getting to this town, getting to this show, on to the next town. And right. then dealing with everybody else's mental issues, characteristics, you know what I mean? Things going on between the relationships between you and them. Right. You know, just non-stop work. Let me ask y'all a question. Because you know, I, I know y'all researched this. But you ever, have you ever wondered what happened to the No Limit Soldiers? Why we came on scene? Like like maniacs. We had the wrestling world in our hand. And one day we just disappeared. Yeah, yeah, what happened with that? Because yeah. That was, <laughs> you know, was, that was the height. That, no, it was the height of the attitude. The height of the attitude era. And it's like... Either you had WWF, which was mainly a lot of white boys, 
but you had WCW, you had Jaw, the Harlem Heat, yeah. Uh, yeah. what was it, Disco Inferno? Yeah. Yeah. Who else was there? Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of Latin, yeah. Latin wrestlers. Razor Ramon, yeah, Kevin Nash. Well, okay, I'm lie to y'all or tell y'all the truth. No, I only want the truth. 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 Only want the truth. Always. Okay, this will happen. I'm the reason why No Limit got into WCW. WCW didn't call Master P. One day, me and him were sitting in a a lobby in Los Angeles, and Conan came on there and was saying, I'm body, body, rowdy, rowdy, right? Mm. So I looked at P. I said, P, I can get us in wrestling. Nigga, stop bullshit, nigga. You can't. I said, P. I can get us in the wrestling. So what I did was call, uh, I called Brad, uh, Brad Riggins. Brad Riggins called WCW, and he hooked up the meeting for me to fly. So you got to remember, so I tell P, I say, P, I, I, we in. He said, well, man, look, I'm doing all, I'm doing this, because he was doing um, some album or something. He said, look, I'm going to fly you and a lawyer to Los Angeles, I mean to Atlanta, and y'all handle it. So we flew to Atlanta, and I walk in, there's Kevin Nash, Macho Man Randy Savage, Savage, Dusty Rose, all sitting next to each other. So I'm starstruck. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. You want to know what to do? Yeah, I'm starstruck. So we sit down and we negotiate. You know, I got I got P a half a million up front. You know, I signed for three hundred thousand. And man, my wife kept telling me, Brandy, get your own lawyer. Mm. I said, oh no, we got to know. Brandy, don't fuck with Master P's lawyer. He's he's looking out for Master P. He's not looking out for you. And you know, know, as as a black man, you don't know what you're talking about, girl. Shut up. Tom comes back to haunt me. So they made Dusty Rose our promoter. Dusty Rose, okay? Yeah, yeah. So, no dusty rose. Yeah. So we yeah. you know, we popping the Northern soldiers, man. We touring everywhere, man. It's 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 man signs and people, you know. We love you, Big Swole, and no limit soldier and all this stuff. So what happened was we 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 we, we started off the good guys, but uh, then we turned into the bad guys. <laughs> Yep. As they always do us. Yep. And people started hating us. They, they were throwing batteries at us. Frozen water bottles. All kind of crazy shit. So That's that era. Dusty Rhodes called me. He said, Randy, look. Um, we got pay-per-view. Bass at the beach in a week. We, gonna, we want you to do a big wrestling match in Atlanta. And you're going to win the match. And the rest of Texas Rednecks will come in. They're going to jump you. They're going to beat the dog shit out of you because we got to make the people turn against them, right? Mm. So you got to remember, we're talking about Dusty Rose, okay? Yeah. So I, I go to Atlanta. You know, I do the match. And I'm, they already told me, Swole, you win the pay-per-view. You're you going to win. But we got to give them a reason to turn on the, the, the West Texas Rednecks. Right. We're talking about Bass at the Beach, you know? Yep. That's so re- that's the WrestleMania. That's the, that yeah. WCW yeah. WrestleMania so, equality. If yeah. nobody knows, so right. so I come home the next day, and I'm in the bank, and the banker say, "Randy, you got a phone call." Well, who the fuck am? 
call me at the bank, you know. So I pick up the phone and it's Percy. Who the fuck are you, nigga? Motherfucker, nigga, you made us look bad, motherfucker. Man, who the fuck you think? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yo, 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 partner. Hold on. You do know this shit is fake, right? <laughs> you know, it's a storyline. Well, you know what the fuck, nigga? You know, you know since you missed the swallow, since you missed the new do the fucking shit yourself. I said, wow. So, you know, that's Pedo. So we go at Bass at the Beach. When you do these pay-per-views, the show might start for seven, but the wrestlers, we got to get there around two o'clock. So we got to go over, yeah. we got to rehearse, yeah. right? And it's a they give you a script. So, you know, we're going to do this and they're going to do that. You're going to flip. You know, it's a script. You know, yeah. like a dance. So, three o'clock. So, we put me at the two. Three o'clock comes. No Master P. No No Living Soldiers. It's just, I'm there by myself. Mm. Me and four by four. And the rest of the guys. Three o'clock come. Four o'clock come. Eric Bischoff's telling me, Randy, what the fuck is P? You know? Oh, shit. So it's five o'clock. Dusty came and said, Randy, look, we got to rewrite your program. Come on. Yeah. Oh, oh, we rewrite it. We went back at the beach. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, it, 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 it was a big uproar that kind of broke up the New Limit Soldiers and being, me and B.A. start wrestling. It, the truth of the matter is Master P abandoned his own boys. He abandoned us. Uh, he threw us under the bus. Because we listen to Dusty Rose instead of him, and that's the truth. So, wow. you know, you know he, he he abandoned his own boys, you know. And you got to think about this: who who's not gonna listen to Dusty Rose in wrestling? Dusty right. Rose is Dusty Rose is responsible for so many guys. He's responsible for Dallas. He's a legend. Diamond, Diamond, Diamond Dallas, Dallas Page. Page. He brought. He's the reason Diamond Dallas Page. Who Diamond Dallas Page is. One of the biggest right. wrestlers. Why wouldn't you listen to him? Right. Man, look, like I told you, I was starstruck. I idolized Dusty Rhodes, okay? And when that brother told me to do something, I did it. I'm not going to listen to no rapper. <laughs> you, know, right. you know, somebody who has no knowledge of the business, you know, this ain't the music industry. This is the wrestling industry. Absolutely. And so that that was it. Uh, so this is the trip part out. Me and Eric Bischoff talk. He said, Randy, you got eight months. You got, he said, you got, I think, seven months remaining on your contract. We're going to still fly you to shows. And we're going to still pay you because you're a cool dude. You know, you're all right. Mm-hmm. They was paying me 30000 a month just to come to shows and sit backstage and don't do anything. Damn. Damn. I'll did. take it. Yeah, <laughs> but that's crazy. You got to understand, that's his career. Like, right, they right. Because right, right. of P, he... They didn't allow you to like change your character up. You can't change it. Well, Pete called Ted Turner and cussed Ted Turner out. Oh, Ted, the billionaire Ted Turner. Yeah. TNT, oh, you. CNN, you know. So that's what I was told about that. And um, they had they, they, they had a book going to Japan, China. They wanted to do videos, dolls, everything. And, wow. and that, and, but, but you know, Damn. Damn. so and we haven't talked since. Seriously, 
So that yeah, I can understand that. Keep mo- so we gonna keep moving yeah. this thing along now. Wow. So my question before we move on is: uh, Did um, the No Limit Soldiers or anybody that you dealt with in that time frame were they aware of your mental health issues? No, because everybody knew Limit was crazy. <laughs> okay, fair assumption. <laughs> was there anybody that you like talked to? No. Had a had a more personal relationship with that you were close with that maybe y'all, you know, got some things off your shoulders or no. and they really got that close. No, let me tell you, so I was at No Limit for almost eight years, and none of the brothers know where I stayed at. <laughs> no, because you got to remember when you're in the music industry, you keep your family away. You say, right. you know, if you go on my page. You're not gonna see my daughter, you're not gonna see my wife, none of that. Because if somebody were to come after me, they're not gonna come after me. You see? Yeah. They'll come after my family. Yeah. Nobody knows how my wife looks and much, you know. They might see a picture or two of my daughter and stuff like that. But right. none of my brothers know where I live it. Look, I've been living, I, I live in, I live in my home, and only one person at no limit even knows where I stay at, and that's Versi Carter. All the rest of the brothers never ever they never even been to my house before. Man, yeah. So, man, yeah. Now, much I, for family. I, now I seen. I went on your page and I seen. You know, you said you dealt with two heart attacks. Like, do you think Listen. all the stress and the pressure may have brought that mm-hmm. on, or no, no? Not, I'm gonna say sixty-five to seventy percent of African Americans have some kind of heart disease. Yes. You know, it, it. my mom had heart disease. My brother had heart disease. My sister had heart disease. So it, it runs in my family. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my aunt just died. My mama's sister, um, she's she's dealing with a heart disease issue. Her oldest son died of heart disease. So it runs in my family. What, what triggered mine so bad was I was taking stack of tubes and red bulls. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I was Together. Yeah, I was drinking four Red Bulls oh, no. a day, and I was taking a, a pack of stack of twos in the morning. And uh, you a know, pack? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I want, because I, I want to stay ripped. You know, I want gotcha. to stay ripped, and I, and I want to pick my body with the water. You know, right? Fat yeah. burners. You know, it, you know. Um, and he'll you know, do it. it. But Red Bull has a history of putting a lot of people in the hospital. Seriously, I don't know how Red Bull is you know, talk to anybody who works in ER about Red Bulls and tell to tell you about it. It's 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 very dangerous. But the day um the day I had my heart attack, I went to the gym, I worked out for four hours, I rode the bike, and, you know, I have a farm in Hamlet, Louisiana. I have horses. And so I was at the farm, and usually on weekends I stay at the farm, you know. Right. Yeah, I wasn't feeling right, <laughs> you know. I mean, the, my first sign was I was having heartburn, so I was eating thumbs like crazy, you know. Right. So I was eating thumbs, and that's that's a sign of heart failure. It's it's, it's heartburn. So I'm meeting these thumbs. I'm meeting these thumbs, and I'm like, man, I'm going home. So I drove home, and my wife said, "What you doing home? You not gonna stay at the farm?" I said, "No, babe, I don't feel good." So. She went upstairs to go to bed, and I'm downstairs with the dog watching TV. And man, it felt like I was drowning. <laughs> it felt like, you know, like you know, like you know when you swim and you go underneath the water and you can't breathe. 
you know? Yeah. And I'm doing this, you know? No. I crawled, I crawled up my stairs. And uh, I never forget, I told my wife, I said, babe, I want you to stay calm. I said, but I need to call an ambulance. She said, what? I said, I'm having a heart attack. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I go to the hospital, um, 2 o'clock in the morning. You know, that's when you got your little play for people in the ER. They're playing, you know, talking yeah. on the phone and shit. Talking, yeah. Yeah. So I go to the ER. They tell me I had anxiety. So they release me. I go home. I have another heart attack 30 minutes later. So the same ambulance driver picked up the first time, picking up the second time. And they was like, Mr. Thornton, what the fuck you doing home? I said, oh, they really. So we get, so we go back, and then the ambulance driver's fussing with the <laughs> people in the ER. So this one doctor came in, because it was like 8 o'clock in the morning. He said, did they run any tests on you? I said, no, sir. So he said, uh, run some tests. So he ran a test. He came back an hour later. He said, bring a mustache. He said, huh? He said, yeah, yeah. Mr. Thornton, you had two heart attacks. Hey. He said, your heart is developing to a, a, a shape of its own, you know, mm-hmm. which a lot of athletes have this because people don't realize a heart is a muscle. So when you're training young, you're working out and you're running, and then when you stop doing all that, you know, the heart is like muscle. It turns to flat, you know. So I went upstairs, and um, they kept, you know, they, they gave me a pacemaker, and um, so I go home, and I go to the hospital a, a month later, and uh, they they kept me for forty five days. Mm. So now I'm connected to a heart machine because my heart just wasn't, you know, wasn't improving. So they put what they call an LVAD, you know, and uh, this is this so is like a valve. This is this is a machine. It's called L, it's called an LVAD, and it it I have a two inch cable that. That goes in my stomach, and it goes in my stomach, and it goes to back of my heart to a machine, and, I, and a machine keeps me alive today. So, um, but you know, you know, you know, one thing I like to tell you know people is, you know, you know, get, you know, my whole thing like getting into mental health and healthcare is prevention. Yeah. Because at Black Folk, we don't believe in going to the doctor. You know, yeah. oh. we don't believe in the examination. Yeah, it's if, been a while. Catch, if you can catch something early, you know, it could be fixed. Like cancer, diabetes. You know, you know, you know, you talk to these people about diabetes, they don't realize that diabetes caused more blindness than anything in the world. You got so many African Americans that's going blind because they have diabetes. Mm. You know, you got sleep apnea. You know, you, you, you know, you look at Hall of Fame, Reggie White, okay? Reggie White got a sleep apnea with a sleep apnea machine next to his bed that he never he used that one use. time. Crazy. Yeah. He never used it. And you got so many, you know, you look at it, look at all these football players, look at all these bodybuilders, you know, you know, you know, look, look at people overweight and all that. They're down in their sleep. And what's happening is, you know, when you lay down, you go to sleep, you put your head back, your tongue is rolling in the back of your throat. And that's what blocks you from breathing. That's why you, mm. you know, that's what makes you snore, you know. And a right. lot of people say, oh, 
I don't have sleep apnea, but you ask this person to sleep with, does this motherfucker snore? <laughs> Is he gasping for air? Yeah, he has yeah. sleep apnea. That's sleep apnea. And this I is something ask I want my to wife that. This yeah. is something I want to realize. <laughs> sleep apnea is killing people all over the world. Okay? And then everybody thinks, oh, it's overweight people. No, it's not. You have more people that's in shape, bodybuilders, wrestlers, football players that have sleep apnea. Can explain to you? When you play these sports, we got to get our necks big and our shoulders strong, right? Yeah. So big neck. When we go to sleep and we lay back, the neck is collapsing our airway. Mm, yeah. That's why so many athletes die in their sleep. Now, this is another thing. I had somebody tell me, well, I'm not an athlete and I'm, and I'm not fat, but I got sleep apnea. Because you have a tethered tongue. And I know people will say, what's a tethered tongue? Let me tell you, a tethered tongue, that part of the, the tissue on the bottom of your mouth, uh-huh. it's loose. It's, you know, you have what they call a fat, lazy tongue. So when you go to sleep, your tongue rolls in the back of your throat, and it's called a tethered tongue. And a lot of people, I'm talking about women, men, children. One time back in the day, when a lot of kids were dying, it was called a crib debt. You remember that? Yeah. 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 Crib debt crib is nothing to sleep apnea. It's a tethered tongue. Because you put your baby on the back, and by the baby sleeping, his tongue is not developed and strong enough the tongue rolls in the back of the throat and, 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 and it suffocates. suffocates. You know, yeah. So, you know, a lot of people talk about, you know, look up to the tongue. Um, it's, it's, a lot of people don't know about it. You know, it's, it's something that, um, you know, I can watch somebody talk, you know, because I've been doing it so long. But you have seen someone who had a lisp, uh, their tongue tied, their tie tied, tied like that? You know, yeah, t- yeah. That's tethered the tongue because they, their tongue is, is fat and is lazy and they don't have that, 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 that piece of tissue on the bottom is not holding it. And, you know, that's a tethered tongue. Yeah. And so you can look at somebody when they talk and I go, oh, he has sleep apnea. <laughs> and, that, and, that's, and that's a serious thing. I don't, I, don't, I don't understand why that is such a stigma in the black community about going to the docs. I ain't going to lie because I... I, I recently found out I had high blood pressure. I wouldn't go to the doctor to save my life. Yeah. Nor would I take the medicine. We used to operate on, uh, yeah, if it ain't break, broke, don't fix it. Until the doctor oh, was like, you got two choices. Either you start taking this medicine or your family's right. going to find you in the bed dead. Right. Right. Because I, I also had, um, I also have high blood pressure also. Yeah. Yeah. I, so. have, high, I have high blood pressure. I have diabetes. Um, I have sleep apnea. Why you know my CPAP is under control. I have heart disease. Um, I also have something called um, a lot of people talk about concussions with the NFL. Right. But I'm I'm, I'm educate you on something about something called White Mazars disease. Okay. White, white Mazars disease is when people hit their head or have a lot of concussions. The nerve that's deep inside the brain is damaged. You know if you, if you look it up. Like I said, it's white Mazars disease. And if you look it up, a lot of people have it, but a lot of people don't know about it. And I have 47 white spots in my brain, and they're getting bigger and bigger. So dimension is going to kick in on me. You know, it's, it's just a fact. Man. And a lot of people, you know, when they talk about, you know, everybody will talk about concussions. 
No, I've had friends of mine who played pro football. Oh, my, my head, my head, my head. I said, man, well, next time you go to the doctor, ask him to do a scan on your brain and see if you have white masses disease. Is that everybody, everybody does it? Come back, tell me I got white man's disease. Is, is that what happened? No, what happened to Junior Seau? Because he that was too many concussions when he because he shot himself. Yeah, I hate to speak on this, but yeah. most rest in peace. But he shot himself in the chest because he kept saying he's having brain a brain right. issue he, and he shot himself in the chest and donated his brain to science so they can. Well, so that, but to be honest, I do with mental health too. Yeah, so yeah, he was doing it's, it's mental health. And, um, you know, and, and concussions. And let, let me tell you something. I, I had my first concussion when I was playing park ball. When I, was a little, when I was a little boy, a young man, you never came out the game. You know, you hit somebody, you'd be dizzy. You'd be, blah, 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 blah. you know, you could call right, it, you you know? Seeing but, double. Yeah, you're seeing double visions and stuff. But you never came out the game. You just stayed in there and played. You see? Not you, you know. So things are you know, things are different, you know, and um, you know it, it. You know, you know, there's a lot of times where, you know, I have headaches and you know I start crying, you know, uh, I can't go to concerts because I hear loud music, you know, you know it, it drives yeah. me crazy. But I tell everybody, if I had to do it all over again, I would. I love football that much. Right. I do it. Yeah, man. Yeah. And, I, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to throw some stuff at y'all, but no, 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 I love it, but bro. You yeah. understand, this no, is what's talk, needed. Talk. This is what's needed in our community. because yeah. nobody yeah. wants to speak on. It's like the most taboo thing. I don't understand. I really can't grasp why. It's like why is it so? We hard? were brought up to be strong and and not talk about your problems. We were looking weak, and now they're trying to show people it's okay to yeah. not be okay and to to. Not only embrace it, but seek help, and that there's well, outlets see, now. Think about this: as a man, we protect our family, right or wrong. Right, correct. Absolutely. But as a man, we also protect our family from health issues too. We should make sure that our children get examined twice a year. You know, we should get examined twice a year because prevention is the best thing to keep. So if you if you have cancer and if they catch it early, they can cure that cancer. Yeah. See? But if you don't go to a doctor and get examination and you're going three, four years with cancer and you walk in there, oh, it's too far gone. Stage four. You know, we, you know, we, we can't help you. You know, just like me, um, what, you know, one year, you know, I just, I started losing a whole bunch of weight and I couldn't keep weight on and blah, blah, blah. And uh, I go to my mama's house and I looked like I was an Ethiopian or something, you know? My wife said, come on, look, you know, my mom, mom's going to take me to the hospital. Man, my sugar was 978. <laughs> with, I was going to say, I'm, I'm, I might sound like an idiot. What is it supposed to be? 120. Wow. Whoa. 120, something like that. Ooh, okay. Mine was 978. And the doctor told me, he said, we're not letting you go. He, so they kept me in the hospital for two months. I stayed in the hospital Man. till they got my sugar down, but um, you know, it, but that, but not going to the hospital, you know. Because when the doctor came to him, he said, "Mr. Thornton, why you not take your insulin?" I said, "What's the insulin? <laughs> what are you talking about? You're a diabetic? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not no diabetic." And the doctor yeah. said, 
You're stroking right now. He said, how you met on this ground? I don't know. And uh, that's how I found out the diabetic. 978. Jeez. So, that is you know, insane. Yeah. So what what advice should you on our platform? What advice do you give to I'm gonna say the black community because I'm a black man. We all black men. Don't yeah. Or to anyone watching. Well, yeah, anyone watching, but especially the black community. What advice do you have for them to start well, getting some of this stuff under control? Number one, the first love is self-love. Okay. Absolutely. And self-love, you gotta take care of yourself. Now, make sure you go get your physical examination. Uh, you know, it's very important that we go to the doctor. Uh, it's very important that we get our family, you know, our kids, you know, go to the doctor, you know, prevention. Uh, I, want, I want to tell the people, don't be ashamed to go get help for mental illness. There's a lot of people know that they need help, okay? They know what's going on in their head, but they're so ashamed to let somebody, you know, to tell somebody. And my goal is don't be ashamed, just like sleep apnea, you know, if if Ask your spouse, do I snore? Do I stop breathing? Do I gasp for air? And if they say, yeah, go take the test. And let me tell you, I don't want to hear nothing about that test. Or I don't have no time. I don't have this. Well, make time. Because I just had a friend of mine who just died from sleep apnea a month ago. His 10-year-old daughter went in the room and found him dead. Oh, man. You know? So, you know, come on, you know? And um, so, you know, we have to take this mental health you know, stuff very, 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 very seriously. It's just like I look at people like Kanye West. I look at people like AD. Uh, I look at people who can really take this to the forefront and they not. Everybody's laughing at them, you know. You know, people laughing at Kanye West. You know, they're laughing at AD. You know, they're laughing at these people, you know. And, and it's not a laughing matter, you know. Uh, you know, I mean, just imagine how many brothers are sitting in prison because they had mental health issues. Right. Undiagnosed. Yeah, undiagnosed. You know? And, um, you know, so it's, you know, and and one thing I want to tell people, too, stay away from fast food. Fast food is killing us. Processed food is killing us. Okay? Yeah, agreed. But but, but it still comes back to, okay, I can go to McDonald's and get a number one for $7.19. Now, if I go buy a head of lettuce, tomatoes, cucumbers, let you know, and, and, and you know, broccoli, or whatever, man, my fucking bill is forty fucking dollars. Yep. Yep. And you try. It's better for more. It's better for you. Probably more. So, 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 they, so they're making it easy for you to kill yourself because it's so cheap. Yep. You know, it, it's cheap. Processed food is not good. When I start, um, when I change my lifestyle. And I start losing weight, and I start eating healthier. I was only—I stopped drinking dairy milk. Um, I stopped drinking sodas. All that. Man, all my medical conditions got better. You know, yep. my diabetes got better. My hypertension got better. My sleeping got better. My brother, let me tell you something. And I, I, I swear to God, five years ago, I was taking twenty pain pills a day. Okay. Sheesh. I was taking, I was taking um, sleep meds and everything. I was a walking drug addict, and that's because I've had so many knee surgery, neck surgery, you know, by right, you, know, right. you know, all my hands and and man, and I never forget one day 
I asked my wife, I said, um, can I get a sleeping pill? She said, no. I said, what? She said, I'm not giving you no more. Paul, we had it out. Motherfucker, you motherfucker, you give me a fucking pill. Blah, blah. So I run to the store. I go buy a bottle of NyQuil. Mm. And I drunk, I drunk the whole bottle. So I'm sitting in front of my house saying, what the hell? I just drunk a whole bottle of NyQuil just to go to sleep. That's not, yeah, that's not fucking healthy. Yeah, no. So, so the first two weeks of me going clean was, it was hard. But I was, I was shaking, you know. I was withdraw. Withdraw, you know, you know. Because when I was going to the hospital, none of the doctors wasn't examining that what they were saying is what you need. You know, yeah. what you need. You know, what's wrong? They you were know, in the was, Yeah. So yeah. I go see one doctor on a Monday, he give me pain pill. I go see a doctor on a Wednesday, he give me pain pill. I see a doctor on a Friday, he give me pain pill. So, you know, I'm taking all these pain pills and I'm, I'm eating them like candy. This is very common in NFL. It's very common in basketball, baseball. It's, it's, it's very, very common, you know. But, but I just want you people to understand, you know, that mental health and health is, is, is so important. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm here. People, you're looking at. Let me tell you something. You're looking at a dead man, because when I I'm that I'm one of those people. When I was in the hospital, you know, it hurts my. They have that talk with God. You know, yeah, yeah. Take me, you know, you know, take me, God. I don't want to live no more. You know, yeah. that that happened to me. I was 160 pounds. You know, I could. I just learned how to walk a year ago. I couldn't walk. Man. I couldn't feed myself. I couldn't bathe myself. I could man, it took me a long. I've been walking for a year. Seriously, a year. God bless, brother. Yeah. You know, I was in a wheelchair. I couldn't go upstairs. For two years, I didn't know I didn't even know how much upstairs in my house looked. Because I couldn't walk up the stairs. You know? And, and so, you know, I've been there, you know. You know, I put the gun in my mouth, you know. Um it took a young lady, a, a little black nurse, and, and, and I'm, I'm being honest with y'all because we're gonna keep, we, we, we're gonna keep. What the boy say, 55th? We're gonna keep this real, okay? Yeah, right. Uh, a nurse walked in, you know, because I'm, I'm hooked up to all these machines, you know. Like I said, I can't walk, I can't clean myself, anything. So that's a little black nurse, and this is when COVID started, okay? And she walked in and she said, Swole, why are you crying? I said, um, I said I'm, I'm going to die. And she said, huh? I said, I'm dying. I said, look at me. I'm dying. I'm sitting in my shit. I'm pissing on myself. You know, I'm dying. And she said, Mr. Swole, make your deal. She said, um, if you stop talking about dying, I promise you I won't let you die. And you have to remember I'm a 50, I'm a 50 plus something old man. And with that little bitty voice, you promise? Mm. You, pro yeah. you, you promise? Yeah, Mr. Swole, I, I promise, you know. I ain't gonna let you die. My brother, I gave up. I gave up. Seriously, I gave up. Mm. And I and I asked him a couple of times, you promise? You promise? He said, Mr. Swole, I promise you, you won't die. I seen that nurse two, three months ago. 
you know, at a Walmart. And she looked wow. and she said, uh, Mr. Swallow? I said, yeah. She took her mask off, it was the nurse. Mm. My brother, I lost it. I'm crying, the lady getting ice cream crying, the lady behind me in her chest, she crying, her husband crying, I'm crying. Cause she's like, you walking, look at your face. You look so people, it only take one person to believe in you. You know? That's right. That's you know, and, and that's why I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, man, mental health, health care, man, we got to stop, you know, stop thinking it's so negative. Yeah. You know, we got to, you know, you know, if you want to, if you don't want to do it for yourself, do it for your family. Because you got to remember, my friend, who 10-year-old daughter, seeing him die for seat Batman, that's going to affect that child for the rest of her life. Yep, yeah. never going to forget. Yeah, it's you grow up without your father. You don't grow up without a man that walk you down the aisle and marry you to play, enjoy his grandkids, to see you grow into the lady you're going to be or or whoever. You know what I mean? It's, that's yeah. why I said this yeah. conversation is important because people yeah. that's going to listen to this conversation, hopefully they'll take a look in the mirror and say to themselves, let, yeah. let me get my stuff together. Right. Or say, or say to somebody else, let me help get them together. Right. You know, or ask for help. You know, you know what thing too? People say they want to be rich. You want you want to be rich? Yeah. Wealth without help is a failure. You can't enjoy your money if you're sick. Oh, right. How can how can you enjoy your money? You know, and you're sick. You know. That's why they say health as well. Hey, you and I'm you sleep apnea is real, real big in, in 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 the music industry. You got to remember, Michael Jackson and Prince. They both died because they want to sleep. Michael Jackson just wow. wanted to sleep. Prince yep. just wanted to sleep. They both took sleeping, you know, sleep aid, and they both died. Think about this. You go, you get, you get some of these people that go to music studios to make an album. They up three, four, five, seven days, you know, with no sleep. I seen it, you know. And they go and they recruit Lady Gaga. She suffered from sleep apnea, mental illness. Adele. She suffered from sleep apnea. You know, all these famous people, when they go into the studio, Master P, we go into the studio, we make the last done. That brought up, you know, six, seven days, sleep an hour a night, you know, get back into the studio like they're going to miss something, you know? So, you know, sleep apnea is, is a major problem in the music industry. Well, you, I can definitely understand that. So, yes, yeah, so... so you know, anybody that's out here listening to this conversation, you got any websites or anywhere you can point them in a direction to help them, well, you know, you know. Well, we got, we, we, we blown up so big that we got a new website that's coming out because, okay. you know, a lot of people starting to follow us, but I have a lot of followers on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, what's that new thing called? TikTok? TikTok, yes. yeah. I got a lot, a lot, a lot of followers and, uh, but we can Right now, we got to get everything together for a documentary. So we're getting a website, you know, put together for the documentary, for the book right now. So Big Spool website is down right now because we have to upgrade it. So, you know, like I said, I'm always, you know, I'm always on Facebook, Randy Thornton, you know, Big Swole. Um, I, have a, I have a group called um, Fighting the Pain Together. That's on, on Facebook. It's my, I have my own support group. And, um, you know, we deal with mental issues, health issues, 
and um, we keep it among ourselves, you know, where nobody won't be embarrassed. You know, I got the um, the real Big Swole fan page, you know, on um, on Facebook, and like I said, in TikTok, I'm blowing up on TikTok. I think in five days, I've already just on five days on TikTok, I already got like seven thousand followers. Oh, know, wow! You know, in five days, you know, so I ain't got one. Yeah, so yeah, so you know, yeah. so you know, so you know, we're asking people, you know, to you know, to support us, you know, um, support you and your group, you know, because as black men, you know, we gotta support each other because, you know, you know, we can sit here and talk about Donald Trump or what, but we are worst enemies, you know. Yeah, mo- most of the time we, we are, man. Yep. You know, we killing, you know, we killing each other. We carjacking each other. You know, we go, we go to a party in L.A. last night. You know, you know, three people get shot. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, you know, we doing that. White man, and let me tell you something right now. This is something I hate. I hate when people say, "Oh, the white man." And the white man doing shit. Okay, <laughs> we're doing it to ourselves because if anything you want to be in life, you can be. You just gotta sacrifice. Nobody wants to sacrifice. Nobody wants to dig deep into. Okay, I, for instance, I want to be a farmer. Well, guess what? There's a program called the United States of Quest. I mean, nine. United States Department of Agriculture that, that's giving people grants. USDA, if you want to become a farmer and you want to become a rancher or something, the government's giving free money away. But you got you got to apply for it. Yeah. You know, there's yep. so much stuff you want to be. Anything you want to be in life, you can be. But stop thinking that somebody will just hand it to you. Nobody's going to just hand it to you. You know, you got to put effort. And that's one thing I think a lot of us right now, we're scared to put effort. We're scared to, you know, we're, we're afraid to fail. And let me tell you something right now. It's okay to fail. Just don't do it twice. <laughs> <laughs> hey, with success, failure is guaranteed. Yeah. I was I was at a banquet a couple of years ago, and I was sitting at the table with um, Bill Gates. And so um, no bodyguards and me and him. Because my best friend was up for equestrian horse of the year with the United States Elder Co- I mean, United States Equine. Mm. So I'm sitting there with Bill Gates, and I said, Sir, can I ask you just one question? Just one question. He called me Swell. Okay, Swell. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, um, what, you know, what made you successful? And he said, surround yourself with successful people. Mm. Lead the brothers in the hood in the hood. <laughs> if a brother can't do accounting, he can't do marketing, he can't do promotion, he can't be a computer engineer, leave him. Mm. You, know, you can't, you know, I had somebody tell me today, oh man, I'm going, I'm going through hell right now. Yeah, keep go straight through it, don't stop. Yeah, if you're going through hell, go straight through it. Don't stop. Like you know, like when you that. stop, you know, that's a problem. But you know, but we, but, but we, you know, you know, we have to surround ourselves with better people. And let me tell you something, you know, when you know when I hear people, oh no, you know, let me tell you something. I'm not going to talk about it, but that that no limit chronicle, I couldn't watch it. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I really couldn't. I turned it off 15 minutes because that's all I want to say. I, I just couldn't. I couldn't watch it. And a lot of former no limit soldiers, we all said the same thing. We just couldn't watch it. You know, 
Because, you know, he surrounds himself with good people. But he surrounds himself with buys, you know, and all these people, you know. And it's just like Bill Gates. You know, Bill Gates dropped out, of, he dropped out of school. This dude ain't knowing about no computers. He was building computers in his garage, you know. What's, what, what's this guy who just, what's his name? Am, the guy from Amazon? Uh, Jeff Bezos. Yeah, Jeff Bezos started off yeah. his, gra- his garage with $10,000. He's in a fucking garage. Yep. A garage. And he was dealing with UPS. He was dealing <laughs> with the U.S. Postal Service. He was dealing with all these freight companies. No, he's the richest man in the world. Absolutely. You got to believe in yourself. You have to. If you want to do it, do it. You know, don't worry about what other people will tell you. Oh, you know. People laugh at me because I have a farm. Oh, you got horses? <laughs> Nigga, I'm happy. What the fuck you laughing for? Exactly. <laughs> that's not. That's crazy to laugh at anyway. Nah, I don't. Yeah, I don't pay attention to shit in the world. Tell me. Yeah. Just like you three brothers. You know, put, you know, dedicate yourself to this to this show. If one of them say, "Hey, man, you know what? You know, we should do this." Don't don't down a brother. Listen. You know what I'm saying? Listen to what he got to say. Hey, man, we got a platform over here. We got a platform over here. Uh, we should do this. Uh, we should kind of do it. There's so many people that say, man, what they going to say about me? You know? Uh, I mean, they going to, you know, people. That's why a lot of people don't come successful because they're so fucking worried about what people are going to say. Yeah, you know? man. You know? And that's the reason why so many people yeah. don't become successful in life because they tell people their dreams and you're telling people who didn't dream it. So we tell somebody, hey, man, I'm going to be a professional wrestler and a pro football player. <laughs> oh, man, you're too skinny. <laughs> then you grow up and become a pro football player and a wrestler. Absolutely. It's called that dedication. Exactly. You know? It's called dedication. Wow. Facts. <laughs> well, we're we getting close to the end. So I want to, you know, again, we want you to reiterate where everybody can find you at, name everything, drop everything, because this was one of the most fire interviews ever. Yeah. So, Extremely wow. informative, Absolutely. great stories. God. Yeah, so I enjoyed myself thoroughly. <laughs> so drop everything for these people where to find you at, where to, you know, where they can see you at, how they can catch you and hear you speak, man. The floor is all yours. Okay, look, you can go to Facebook. I got I got Randy Thornton, Big Swole. I got Fighting the Pain Together page. I got the Real Big Swole fan page. I'm on Instagram, Randy Thornton, Big Swole. Big I'm on TikTok, Randy Thornton, Big Swole. Um, I, I do interviews every day. You know, every day I do an interview. And, um, uh, you know, my, my, my web page is down. But I want people, please look out for the documentary, um, The Monster in My Head. It's, it's, my, it's, it's a documentary on my life and how I dealt with mental health issues all the way from elementary school until now and we also have the children's book that we just finished editing uh, called A Monster in Your Head it's going to be um, you know we, we got the you know illustration cartoon characters but we're doing the book form and we're doing the color book the coloring book and we also have a book coming out called um, A Secret of Safe for Me Confidential it's a woman empowerment book it's about a young lady who stopped loving herself and she meet a man that loves her for who she is. So we got a lot of, you know, we, you know, we got a lot of stuff coming out. And man, I just want to say, you know, to all of, you know, to all of New London fans, I swear to God, I love every one of y'all. 
and, and everybody who sent me a message, I swear I read every single one of them. And, you know, and anybody, you know, with the hip hop community, football community, you know, I'm speaking to everybody, you know, follow me, you know, you know, we're going to share, we're going to educate, you know, we're going to feed our family, but we're going to feed our family with knowledge. And that's my goal. Man, listen. Wow. Awesome. Mr. Randy Bigsville awesome. Thornton, when you get all, like, we would appreciate you coming on the show. When you get everything yeah. up and running, man, Absolutely. our platform Please is open back. for you to come back anytime. Right. You know, whatever you got going Please. on, man. Yeah. We'd love to hear more stories, too. Yeah. I'd yeah. love to hear more stories. I had a great time. Yeah, it was excellent. Yeah, we I appreciate yeah. meeting you. That was dope. So, all right, in closing, uh, we were your host. <laughs> I'm Cool Kev. Uh, Kevin Durant. And I'm Andre, and we appreciate you for joining us, Mr. Randy Thornton. And, uh, Thank you. Thanks yeah. again. <laughs> Thank for you. For a dope you. interview. You heard me? You, you heard me. Heard me. Hey. <laughs> we-